This week's episode is brought to you by Primed Packs, the empowered woman's choice for sexual safety and sensual freedom. A stylish and compact pouch filled with everything you need for whatever the night or day may bring. Check them out on Instagram under the handle stay underscore primed. Hey, this is Proof, a podcast proving the power of the modern woman, and I'm your host, Rachel. This week is part three of the Women Who Roar series. This series is featuring valiant women who don't back down from their passions, and they get active on issues that matter to them. They're the women who are pushing boundaries and elbowing their way through with grace and grit. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Miss Evian Whitney. I was first introduced to this lovely soul through her blog, Sex Love Liberation, where Evian gives women a space to feel free and confident in their sexual expression. In her work, she banishes fear and shame from the conversations that we're having around our sex lives and the issues that may come up in them. In the conversation that Evian and I have, she shares her story about growing into her sexuality and how at one point it was a struggle for her to even enjoy it at all, even with the husband whom she loved. We also touched on her current sex, Sexy Self Portrait Project, which is encouraging women everywhere to sext herself now and then. And I also share a little bit about my own sexual liberation. So let's listen in. Thank you so much, Evian, for being on the Proof Podcast. Um, out of all the women I have been kind of researching on who to bring on, you were definitely someone I was happy dancing about when you agreed to be on the podcast. <laughs> Um, I did so much background, I so much reading of your blog. I went like super far back into the archives to see what you've been doing oh, wow. from the beginning. I it, it's just such an incredible topic, such an incredible subject, and to have you, you. Um, here to chat about it is just really really cool. I'm looking forward to what the conversation is going to be, and I know my listeners are also going to be um, just really indulgent in whatever it is that you have to share. So. How I start all my podcasts is hearing your story, of course. Our stories are, um, I always say stories are the best therapy, both to share them and to hear them. So I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to um, hear and share your story. So um, let me know how you came to be in this world of sex love liberation. Oh, it's a really, it's a really interesting story. Like, um, I want to preface it by saying that, like, I didn't actively choose to do this work. It really sort of chose me in the sense that um, I was not in a space to be a leader or a voice of sexual liberation. I um, have had a really uh, haphazard relationship with sex and sexuality for most of my life. I mean, growing up, I was raised in a very religious household and um, a lot of the beliefs about sex and sexuality and um, desire and all of those things, pleasure, orgasm, like those things were never really talked about for me. And they were pretty discouraged. I mean, a lot of the conversations that I had about sex with like my parents or with my church were don't do it. <laughs> so, um, and, and it was crazy because, you know, when you're a horny teenager, that's the only thing that you can think about doing is having sex. So, um, so I was raised with this like really weird um, weird experience with sex, like seeing it as something to be feared, like something to stay away from, and then also something of interest because all of my friends were doing it. I mean, it was in every song that I was listening to. I mean, MTV was a really big thing for me back then, so I was like watching music videos and sex was in those. So 
um, it was it was really confusing. And so fast forward to being an adult and um, getting married, I remember feeling very overwhelmed with this thought of like, wow, so all of my life up until this point, I've been told not to do this one particular thing. And then magically on my wedding day or magically on the day that I move in with my, my partner, all of that's supposed to fall away. And I'm supposed to feel confident and sexual and, and basically like the gate opens and I'm supposed to be free to explore those things. <laughs> and that wasn't the case for me. I mean, I was told from like, I don't know, from the ages, I think I got my first sex talk when I was like seven or eight. I don't remember exactly, but from like the age of eight till about 19, I was told constantly, no, 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 like don't do this. And so when I got married, um, I had a lot of problems in, in our relationship because I was incredibly closed off. I was really insecure about sex. And I was also dealing with a lot of sexual trauma, um, which I didn't really have language to call at the time. But for me, I just thought that, you know, this is how everyone experiences sex. Sex gives them panic attacks. Sex makes them um, uh, resentful. Like sex isn't fun. Sex hurts. So um, it wasn't until I started writing that I realized that what I was doing and how I, how I was experiencing sex wasn't normal. Um, and normal, no, that's not true. It was normal, but it wasn't a good thing. So, like, um, I first started, like, my sort of public career in writing by having a fashion blog um, called Apricot Tea, and that's where I posted pictures of my uh, outfits, and I also put some, you know, personal things in there, too. Like, I was posting recipes. I was posting pictures of um, the outings me and my um, my new husband were we were going on and, and things like that. And then I would also weave in stories about how that process of being in a new marriage and a new relationship was going for me. And I remember being very honest one day, just feeling very tired of the problems and the stress and the anxiety that was coming up around sex where I pinned this essay just saying like, sex is not easy for me. Like I almost wish that like I didn't do it. I almost wish that I could take this off the table or that I could tell my husband like, Hey, you need to find a mistress because there's no way that I can provide sex to you. It's just too much. There's way too much energy there. Um, And when I wrote that, I was very vulnerable and I, I wasn't expecting people to listen. I was more expecting for people to give me advice and be like, oh, no worries, this is what you do. Read this book, try these techniques. Um, but I got like almost 100 comments from people being wow. like, yo, I am in the same place. I feel the exact same way about sex and sexuality and sex is so hard for me and my partner too. And I feel so much anxiety and so much shame. And um, that was like the first inkling that I got that uh, sex, and and my story was more universal. Like I, for, for the longest time, I thought everyone had the sex thing figured out, and I was just like the odd man out. Like I was the only one that that had these huge problems and issues with it. So writing that essay really showed me that this was something that was really common and and normal, not good, but normal. Um, and then so fast forward a, a couple a couple years later, um, a friend of mine who is a sex journalist. Uh, approached me and she was telling me that she was going to be doing a series on the internet called Lady Porn Day, which was um, a celebration of 
women and their relationship with masturbation and pornography. And she was asking a bunch of people, not just sex journalists, but like common everyday people to write about their experiences with sex, pornography, masturbation, um, sexuality, and things like that. And so she had asked me to pin some essays for her. And I was really excited at the idea because it was something very new and I was starting to get really tired of, of doing the fashion blogging thing. I was looking to do something else. And, um, and I almost said yes, but then I was like, oh, I don't know. I feel kind of weird about putting, you know, uh, essays about sex and masturbation on my fashion blog because uh, not only do my readers not necessarily, like, not only did they uh, not sign up for that, but, like, my mom and my sister and my dad and my, my family, like, they read my blog. So I was feeling really uncomfortable with that, and I was talking to my husband and just, uh, asking him, like, oh, man, what should I do? Because I really want to do this this project. I think it would be so fun. It would stretch me. Um, he was like, we should just create a new blog for you and and call it Sex Love Liberation or something and <laughs> have this place be where you can house the essays. And I was like, done, let's do it. And within four days, Sex Love Liberation was created. And, um, I mean, it was, it was a tireless, a tireless progress or process of just like, you know, creating, creating the domain and creating the, the design. But, um, and then I ended up pinning the essays. I pinned about three for, for her series. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. Honestly, like after that, that's when I really just kept going. I kept talking about where I was sexually and I, I kept chronicling my sexual journey and um, I kept, uh, you know, really asking myself these questions about what does it mean to be sexually liberated? Like, what does it mean to create a new story around sex and marriage and love and relationships and orientation and identity? And yeah, it just, it, it's like almost six years later. <laughs> it's, it's a totally different, it's a totally different place. So. That is so incredibly exciting. I am like over the moon at hearing the story of how it, the most interesting thing about your story to me, and I also grew up in a religious household, so I know how, you know, excited your family probably was that you were finally getting married and getting settled down. And to know that you found that liberation within what some people would feel are the quote unquote constraints of marriage, where you didn't have like that, you know, exploratory time in college or in high school or whatever, but you did it in this um, in this way that was so unconventional in the way that you were able to, yeah. to discover it. And I think it's really cool because that shows to me that it was really about you and your liberation. It wasn't about getting out a wild side. It wasn't about, you know, just exploring just to explore. It really was a lot about your own self-actualization and I love that I love that that's um, the route you took and that you were willing to be vulnerable and say okay this is going on with me let me kind of open myself up and see where I can get some you were looking for advice but you really ended up coming to this place of like you're the advice giver now to women who are having <laughs> this situation and women who are yeah. looking <laughs> which is crazy which which is really crazy because, like I said, I, I never thought that I would be an authority figure or, or an authority figure on, um, on the topic of sex and sexuality. I mean, if you would have asked me six years ago if I would have thought that, like, this would be happening, like, all of, you know, my, like, my coaching practice and my blog and my Instagram and all of those things, I would have laughed because, I mean, I was just not in a place back then to – be able to be sexually confident. I didn't even know really what sexual liberation was. And I was kind of 
in this place of, of um, you know, kind of like I, I felt like I was giving up a little bit around like, yeah, this is just, you know, some people have an aversion to cilantro. I'm like that, except I have an aversion <laughs> to sex. And like, that's just how it will be for me. Like, that's just who I am. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's wild. It's wild to, to see, um, see what time does, to see what growth does, because I'm in a total, like totally opposite place. Like, yeah. That's awesome. That's so, um, that's just so cool. And I'm so excited for everything that you've been able to do. I know um, when you, you last said that you didn't know what the meaning of sexual liberation was. So I'm interested to know what your definition is. Mm, yeah. To me, sexual liberation is someone who feels or, or a sexually liberated person is someone who feels totally free to express themselves sexually, sensually, um, in an identity and an expression that uh, really resonates with them, as long as it's not hurting anyone, as long as it's not harming anyone. Um, sexual liberation to me is just about feeling free to be who you are as a sexual person and having no, um, having no blockages with that, like being able to feel a desire come up in your body about sex or, or um, uh, a curiosity come up about sex and rather than have that voice of, of shame say like, no, that's not good or that's evil or um, that's, that's sinful, that voice just totally goes away and you feel like a sense of like flow with your desires and, and, um, and who you are as a person. And I also think it means too, like sexual liberation isn't a destination. Like, and that's one thing that I've realized in my work um, that, you know, <laughs> I think in the beginning I was thinking like, oh, as soon as I can like have sex without having a panic attack and then like have sex with like multiple orgasms, that's when I'll be sexually liberated. But honestly, like sexual liberation is a journey. And I mean, even though I've been doing this for six years and I'm in a totally different place than I was um, six years ago, there's still so much for me to learn. There's still so much healing for me to, to be had. So um, and that's another thing that I like to stress, even with my clients, like, you know, the work that you're doing with me, this isn't an end. Like, there's not going to be an end here. Like, you're really signing up to do this for the rest of your life because there's so much to learn. And, and I think that's why I love the topic of sex so much is because there is so much to learn. And, and it is so, it's so unique. And there's so many nuances to it. And there's so many different things to consider. And um, that's definitely been my story as I've been exploring it further. Yeah, there's so much curiosity when it comes to our own bodies, um, sexuality in general, whether it's being open-minded and learning about how other people experience things and then exploring ourselves um, in that moment. And I think that for me personally, as I've gotten older and as I've been able to wrap my head around what liberation is in general and then to be able to bring it down um, into a more focused area of sexuality, it has been a huge eye-opener in very small things from masturbation and exploring myself and being able to, you know, really see, like, what feels good, what doesn't, what do I love, what do I hate, what what are the things that, you know, make me feel good when I'm on my own, what are the things that make me feel good when I'm with a partner, and I think mm -hmm. that there's so little conversation um, that's had around this, and I recently um, had a conversation of my own and me and my girlfriends and maybe it's our age or where we are in our careers I don't know but we've been a lot more open about talking about sex recently a lot more vulnerable to each other and there was um, about three or four girls sitting around and we asked the question you know how often do you masturbate and the oh my gosh 
I mean, the like numbers were so across the board. It was so interesting. So there were people who went from twice a day to a girl who said, oh, I haven't probably in the last four years. And it was mm. just this incredible dynamic where it's like, wait, well, why haven't we talked about this before then? It's like you want to point to one person and say, well, tell me what, what you're doing so we can learn more. Or tell me where can I help you heal around whatever is making you not feel the need to explore yourself. And I'm sure with your yeah. readers, you have gotten um, so much feedback and so much conversation with your podcast and with your blog around you know, why isn't this conversation being had? It's something we all want. It's something we all do. It's something we all enjoy. Like, why is it so taboo? And I'm interested to know from you and your experience, um, what's the, what have you found is, like, maybe the key to opening up that conversation with people that need to have it or want to have it? Hmm. Well, first I'd like to say that, like, the idea that sex is something that everyone does and that sex is something that everyone enjoys is largely not true. And that's one of the things that really kind of um, yeah. broke open the idea of, of sexual liberation for me is realizing that like, you know, and, and I think this is where a lot of the shame comes in because we have so many things. It's, we live in such a crazy culture, you know, like we live in, in a sex-saturated culture that's very much like sex cells and we're seeing naked women and, um, you know, from a male gaze point of view thrown at us all the time. We're hearing sex talked up to us or sex talked about to us all the time and music and, and ads and movies. And then at the same time, we have this very sex-negative culture um, whenever a woman possesses agency of her sexuality, whenever... Um, a woman or, or men as well talk about sexuality. I mean, there, there's largely because of religion, largely because of uh, traditional con, um, conservative views. Sex is still seen as something that's really dirty and really simple and really um, uh, something that you shouldn't be talking about. And so it's a, it's a really weird thing. And when I think about that, like, as a whole, like, when I think about that holistically, like, not that just, you know, um, sometimes sex is really hard for people and, and yeah. you know, like I, I really consider the culture that we're in and I consider the messages that we're being given and I consider the conversations that are being had like in pop culture, in media about sex. And I realized that it's like, it's really, it's really confusing, like really, really, really confusing. Um, so it makes a lot of sense that people don't, uh, people don't feel super comfortable talking about it because I think in a lot of ways, I know for me, our culture has told me for the longest that like sex is easy. You just go into the bedroom and, and have someone penetrate you. And it's, and that penetration alone should be pleasurable. Um, and imagine what happens to a woman when she does that same thing. Um, and it's not pleasurable. There's something inside of her that says there's something wrong with me because everyone around me, everything up, around me is telling me that this is so easy and that all I have to do is just enter a bedroom, take off my clothes and have someone penetrate me for a couple minutes. It should be pleasurable and it's not. And so for me, my story um, about that was just feeling such intense shame about that, feeling shame that like it wasn't super easy and I didn't really enjoy it. And I had a huge uh, disconnection between me and my body because of that. Um, so I think it's really important to remember that 
that sex isn't always easy for everyone. And that's okay, you know? Um, it's okay that, that it's not easy. I think we need to be giving people more uh, space and time to heal themselves. And I think that uh, we need to help people have less pressure put on themselves about who they should be as sexual, as sexual beings. Um, and what that, and where that really starts is having, starting to have conversations, not so much about like, so I was the sex that, uh, that you had yesterday, because it may not be that they had sex yesterday, you know, and, and being able to just check in with your sisters and be like, Hey, I know that this is really weird. I've never asked this to you before, but it's something that I've been thinking about. Like, how's your sex life? Like how, how was your erotic life feeling? Um, how is your relationship with your body? One thing that, my like my philosophy with, with my coaching practice and just with my work as a whole is that everything is connected so I don't believe that having a conversation about body we're not talking about sex in that moment I mean maybe maybe it's it's like unconsciously we're it, it feels like we're not touching on that like it feels like oh we're just talking about the relationship you have with your body um but I believe that when we're talking about body um we can very very easily start t- touching on the subject of sex indirectly. So I think like maybe if, if people don't feel super comfortable asking that question straight away, like how's your sex life or um, have you masturbated lately? Um, but just asking people how they feel in their bodies, what sort of relationship they have with their bodies, how is the relationship with their partners? Um, I think starting there is a really uh, a really good point to meet people at because yeah, there there is a lot of shame and not a lot of people feel super comfortable talking about that. Um, and then of course, you know, it's totally cool to if if you feel like you have a relationship with your friends where you could just ask them straight away, like, hey, the last time you masturbated, how was it? Tell me about it. Go, you know, like um, I'm I'm totally all about. Uh, being very brash and very bold. And I think that we need more of that, especially because our our culture likes to kind of tiptoe around sex and sexuality in like this very strange way. So I I definitely think that there's, there's a huge benefit to being very um, bold about it and asking straightforward. But I do think that it's important to remember, like to, to meet people where they're at. And a lot of the times people aren't in a place to be able to, um, to talk about that really because there is a lot of shame and there is a lot of healing that's need to be done. I'm lucky that my friends and I are in that space where we can feel vulnerable and comfortable with those conversations. But like I said, I so appreciate you um, bringing to the forefront that I need to consider all the ways that people feel. And even the way I feel, I'm not always super comfortable with it. And me saying those words um, totally causes me to go into this introspection of, okay, Rachel, like how do you feel? And be authentic and the experiences I've had as well and um, us just keeping that safe and open space for our friends to be able to say what they feel depending on where they're at in their journey. And I think that's awesome that your coaching clients are able to really get that um, that support that's need from you. That's so, yeah. that's so awesome. I, yeah. I'm interested to know, so as we're talking about where people are um, in their stage of liberation or on their road to um, continuously being curious about themselves and continuously um, kind of discovering their own sexuality. What are some of the ways that you've found um, a way to express that or a way to indulge in that? Like indulge in like um, exploration? 
Yeah, in the process of exploration, one thing that I know, you're working on your Sexy Selfie project, and I loved reading the blog post for all the listeners. You should definitely get onto the Sex Liberation blog and read that post. But I'd love to hear about your Sexy Selfie, um, what you're trying to do with that, what experiences women have been having, and your experience as well. Yeah, so um, it started this year, uh, the beginning of the year, I started to read this book called Promiscuities by Naomi Wolf, which is an incredible book. Um, I, I recommend it to anyone who is really interested in the topics of uh, uh, women or girls going into women and, and what their sexual stories are and um, and what their sexual experiences are, which is it's just it's such a fascinating book. But from that book, I started to have some real um, conversations with myself about like my sexual origin story and how it was that I um, came into sexuality from uh, from girlhood. And I realized that um, like most girls, um, sex came about for me through. Um, what Naomi Wolf calls secret promiscuity. So this idea of, you know, you, you leave the house wearing something really modest that your parents um, know that you're, you're going to school looking really, really like, you know, really covered up and stuff. And then you go to school and then you take it off and, and you have like a super mini skirt and, and, you know, your, your lip gloss is popping and, and you're trying to get the boy's attention. Um, that was very much my story. And so um, I, I really started doing, doing some, thought processes around um, that secret promiscuity and my relationship with um, with sluthood and the idea of being a slut and and for me sluthood and and being a slut it's, it's such a weird thing you know for me it's it's not so much about um, promiscuous behavior as it is a woman uh, exhibiting sexual expression and it's very interesting that our culture has painted a woman who is exhibiting her sexuality as a slut just because she is exploring herself and is curious about her sexuality. So I've been really trying to pull back the layers this week or <laughs> this year of, um, of, of my relationship with my own sexual expression and why it is that there's this part of me that feels like I have to keep my sexuality hidden. I mean, even within the work that I do, I notice that like, I never really talked about sex that much. Like on, on a day-to-day, like if I were snapping pictures on Instagram or, you know, if I were, if I were having conversations with my friends, I wasn't really talking about sex that much. And I, and I was trying to ask myself why. Like I was trying to figure out why it was that I was keeping my sexuality and my sexual expression really hidden. And um, ultimately, like what I uncovered was that there was this part of me that felt like, it was dangerous or it's bad or it's wrong for me to expose myself or, or to uh, express myself as a sexual woman in public. And so that's where the idea of taking sexy selfies and posting them on the internet kind of came for me. It's like, I mean, obviously it's just one slice of my sexual expression, me taking a picture of my sexual body and, and me taking a picture where I look really sexy or whatever. Um, it's just one slice of, of my sexual expression, but it is probably one of the most uh, public ways and, and the most easy way that I can uh, convey myself as a sexual woman by, um, by taking pictures like that. And so, I mean, so many things have come from this. I mean, it's, 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 it's transitioned into being something so much deeper than, um, taking selfies when I'm feeling myself, but it's actually turned really kind of political for me. And um, 
I found that every picture that I take is sort of a protest um, against this culture and this idea that a woman who is embodying and expressing her sexuality is a slut or she is a whore or um, she is less, uh, less uh, respectable or um, less desirable because she is making herself known um, and her sexuality known. Um, I think I just got really, really tired of the narratives I was hearing around like, oh, sex is so sacred and we should just keep it within the bedroom and with ourselves. And to a degree, I, I feel that. Like, I I don't live blog the, you know, when, when me and my partner are having sex. I mean, there are definitely things that are sacred. But I think that there is something very powerful about a woman stepping into her um, erotic power. And for me, my stepping into my erotic power looks like um, being very vocal and very visible about who I am as a sexual woman and celebrating that sexuality because women's sexualities aren't celebrated. They're often, um, they're often demonized. They're often um, put into this place of, of judgment, of, of fear. So I'm trying to peel back those layers as much as I can within myself and, and play within this medium, which is really fun, but also really dangerous as I've, as I've been finding out a lot of drama has come from the pictures that I've taken on Instagram. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been wild. It's been a wild journey. So, and that's where my, um, my project and my workshop is coming from, uh, from that place of wanting to create a safe haven for women to explore taking sexual selfies, like sexy selfies, exploring, um, sexy self-portraiture as a, as a method of self-love and as a method of, um, sexual acceptance, and then having a community where they can share those pictures with other women. And those women aren't going to sexualize them. Those women aren't going to be saying things that make them feel like they're sex objects, but they're going to celebrate them and say like, man, your body is really beautiful. And thank you for showing up and being brave and showing yourself in this way. Um, so that's been my little love project over the last year. And I'm, I'm really, it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Yeah, I loved when I was able to read about it and um, see what you were doing. There's so much power in just taking just taking ownership and pride in your body and in your sexuality. I um, recently went through this big moment of trying to figure out where my comfortability lied with myself and where I was feeling anxious about things, especially when it came to my body, which naturally led into how I was feeling about sex. And I had... Um, a few of my recent relationships turned into like this big body shaming situation where the men I was dating either came to a point where they were saying, well, you know, I don't feel like you have, you know, lost the weight that I, that we talked about you saying you wanted to lose or saying, you know, I just feel like I deserve someone who ha has a better body than you. And I've, I've had all these shitty situations where men were really just making me crazy self-conscious about my body, crazy self-conscious about my sexuality to the point it, where it wasn't enjoyable to me on either end. So once I got out of those relationships and kind of broke into this moment of saying, okay, Rachel, you need to figure out how you feel about yourself on your own and try to figure out, you know, see yourself in a way that you want to be seen. So one of the things that I did that I absolutely loved was I ended up going out and getting nude photos drawn of me. I went to oh. um, artists here in New York City, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take off all my clothes, and I'm going to be me, and I'm going to be free, and I want you to reflect me. Like, I want to see myself in a different way than I've ever seen myself. And so mm. it was just this, like, 
crazy moment, Evian, of like me seeing myself in eyes that it wasn't it had nothing to do with sexuality. These people weren't, you know, trying to sex, you know, have sex with me after we were done. It wasn't anyone who was interested in me. It was just these artists who were looking at me as amused and just simply as me. They didn't know anything about me. They weren't trying to make me feel better. You know, there was nothing about it. And it was a really, it, it just felt like such a safe and empowering situation to where once they, you know, showed me their drawing, it was, it was, it was honestly like breathtaking. Like I, I remember feeling a moment of like, oh my mm. gosh, like I'm, I'm her on that canvas and she looks yeah. happy, looks okay. And there's nothing wrong with her. And it's, you know, little things from like, to know that I have a role on my side and to see it drawn, but still look beautiful is a game changer. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a game changer to like see yourself as art. And Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm so, so glad and, that you're bringing up this story because like it really just it really just cements this idea in my head that women need to see themselves in the way that our lovers see us like yeah. and that's kind of where I started having um, this urge to really put this out in public and, and make this a thing that other people can practice is that you know I realized that the the way that my partner sees me as a sexy being always, like no matter what I look like, no matter if I'm wearing pajamas and I have no makeup on or I'm dressed in the nines, like I don't see that about myself. And so I wanted to take, so for a couple things, I wanted to see myself in the way that my partner saw me, but I also wanted to take my power back because I realized that I was getting, I was giving my sexual power away to my man's face. Like I was being, I was basically saying, not, not consciously, of course, but I was basically saying, I am only sexy when you tell me that I'm sexy. I am only sexy when you look at me with your gaze. And so, um, so, and that's why this is so fascinating and very near and dear to my heart, because I think it's not very often that women actually take their sexual narratives into their own hands. It's not very often that women look at themselves with the same look of lust and and desire as their partners give them. And I know that a lot of us are sexting our partners, like literally taking sexy photos and sending it to them. But I wondered what it would be like to take sexy selfies for ourselves. So like taking the selfies as a way of, of, as a way of practicing self-love, as a way of taking our erotic narratives back. And then also this idea of desexualizing the, the female body or, or women's bodies, you know, femme bodies. I think that so often in our culture, we see a naked woman and immediately our mind goes to sex. Immediately we sexualize her. And so the way that I've been noticing my pictures have been playing out is like, on the one hand, I am sexualizing myself. I am showing up in this space and saying, I am a sexual woman. I am taking up this space as a sexual woman. Here's my sexuality. But on the other hand, I'm also working to desexualize my femme body by saying, hey, like my body doesn't necessarily mean that it's in inherently sexual just because it's, it's showing up naked. So, yeah, um, so there's so there's so many layers here. There's so many layers to this, and that's why I find this so fascinating because there's so much power that's being um, taken back by women who are already beginning to explore this. And I follow so many amazing women on Instagram that are doing this really great work and are showing up and and making their bodies 
platforms that are very political that are saying like, hey, I'm taking my power back. And, um, and, I, and I want to be able to have, um, create a space where women can feel comfortable to do that and not have to publish it on Instagram. Because like, I'm very lucky and very privileged that I can do that. Like, you know, I work for myself. I'm not, re- like, there's no threat of someone being like, oh, sure, naked po- photos are out. And, you know, I, I mean, actually, like, showing my naked photos is, is good business for me because I feel like it, it just goes with my brand, like, let's just be real. So, um, so I don't really have a lot to lose by showing my photos, but other women do. And so I want, I don't want this to be, I don't want this whole idea of sexual exploration and, and taking your erotic narrative back to be only for people who have the ability to post them publicly. I want, I want to give women a safe space where they can show those selfies, um, and have them not get leaked out. And we are creating a safe space and a safe community for that. So I'm really excited about this workshop coming out. I think it's yeah. I'm so excited too. It's just so powerful and such a good idea. And I can't wait to hear about the success of it. I'm excited to hear um, what women have to say about their experience in it. And then also your perspective of seeing this kind of manifest into exactly what you've been talking about and what you're hoping for. And I'm just like, ridiculously thrilled that this even came to your mind and that you're able to um, give women the safe space to do it because it's so important. And like I said, from my own experience, it completely changed my own narrative in my head about sex and um, how I felt about it for myself. And like you said, changing changing the view that I'm only sexy if someone's looking at me and telling me that I am. And now mm. I feel like I come to these moments where like before I step in the shower, I'm like, wow, I feel really sexy in this moment or yeah. just whatever, whatever I decide to wear that being told you know, being told that I'm sexy or being told that I'm desirable isn't isn't an effect of what someone has said to me or the way someone's looked at me. It's just a state of being that I am sometimes, and I feel that way. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it's such a good feeling to just love yourself and that self-love, whether it's through um, a sexy selfie or your self-talk or the way you view yourself um, in a variety of ways. It's, it's just been a complete, like I said, a game changer in the way that I um, experience life. From, from every angle and even, you know, it's really interesting even to the point where, you know, when you don't want to be sexual, when you're not in a space where you feel that way and whether it's walking down the street and a man cat calling you and saying something sexual to you and, and just deciding like, that's like, why, why do I have to go through that? That's not how I'm feeling right now or that's not where I am. And the narrative, the, the taking power over your narrative is is like a 360 thing. It's not just for when you want to feel that way, but it's also the power to tell a man, you know, whoever your partner is, if he wants to have sex to say, no, I'm, I'm not really there right now. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, from a lot of the things that I've read um, and experienced, women are saying, you know, I always feel like I have to have sex because when he's ready, I feel like I owe it to him. Or mm-hmm. I feel like there's just so many different narratives that I've heard and seen women say. So that power both comes around having the, the confidence to say, hey, I want to have sex right now. You're allowed to be the one to initiate, and you're also allowed to be the one to say, no, I'm not really feeling, exactly. you know, I'm not really in the mood. And so that empowerment comes in so many different ways, and I'm thrilled that you're um, kind of stepping up to the plate and giving giving women this option of how they want to talk yeah, thanks. about sexuality. Um, the other thing I wanted to discuss, in there's so much um, – there's just so much conversation around it lately, I feel, but what I really want to hear about is 
the fact that you're in an open marriage, and that's a conversation that I've seen on social media, but outside of the fact that you're in an open marriage, I would love to talk about maybe how you got to being okay with that. So like you said, it's it's kind of nerve-wracking being naked on Instagram or be, show, doing these sexy selfies, but there's also so much bravery that comes in making your own choices about how you love. And I wanted that um, I wanted to kind of hear about maybe how you feel and any empowerment that you have around having made that decision and living it out in the way that you want to live it, you and your partner. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just feel so good living, living my sexual liberation out in real time. You know, I mean, I, I started this interview saying that you know, sexual liberation is is being free to express yourself as a sexual person, whatever that looks like, like identity, gender, orientation, expression, like all of those things. And um, for me, being in an open marriage and being a queer woman of color is very much a, a part of my sexual liberation story, and it's, it's very much a part of the work that I do. And so it's it's important for me to honor that, and it's important for me to um, to hold space for that and and to explore that because, you know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in exploring what makes me curious and, um, and I'm, I'm intensely curious about all things sexuality and I want to expand my horizons with that. I don't, I don't ever want to be feeling like I'm, I'm in this box where I, I can only move so far. Like I, I really want to challenge the beliefs I have about love and I want to challenge the beliefs I have about sex and and emotional connections with people. And um, from that, that's how me and my, my partner decided to open our marriage. I mean, it, it's, it's not so much about having sex with other people as much as it is about honoring the truth of who I am as a sexual person. And likewise for him. I mean, we both um, have a relationship where we really value our autonomy and and the autonomy that the other has and it's really important for for me to feel like my partner is holding space and supporting me as the woman that I am even if that woman um or even if that sexual expression looks totally different than um than it did when we first met I mean when we first met I was adamantly monogamous adamantly I mean I was telling him like nope I will never ever 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 be non-monogamous I will never be polyamorous that's not something that I can do. Um, and, you know, things change. As, as you grow into yourself as a sexual person, you expand and, and um, you transform. And I'm so lucky to be in a relationship with someone who gives me that space. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really feel like this open relationship, again, it's not about sex. It's more so about honoring who I am as a sexual woman. Yeah, thank you. That's that's just such an awesome thing to hear, to know that you um, that you have that freedom with your partner and also that freedom with yourself, the self-relationship that you have to be able to trust your curiosity and honor your curiosity. I think there's, there's this feeling that we get that we're not allowed to explore ourselves. So I'm just so grateful that um, through your blog and through the podcast that you do, you're really able to open up to these conversations that so many women I feel want to have and might not have the space or that so many women don't even know we're allowed to have. 
or they don't even know where, that this conversation exists. And so um, I'm just so grateful that I was able to have you on to kind of share your platform and the work that you're doing, the very, very meaningful work that you're doing. And I'm so excited for our listeners to be able to um, explore your site more and the things that you're working on. Um, thanks so much, Avian, for being on. I so appreciate it. I love, love, loved our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great. So what did you think? Evian is our proof of the incredible power in liberating ourselves from the fears and taboo that women often have around sexuality. She showed us that we must take control over our own narratives around sex, and that often includes a bit of self-care, heart work, self-exploration, and a huge dose of self-love. How had your environment skewed your own understanding about sex and what it meant for you as a woman? How have you been able to explore your own sensuality? You can get more of Evian at sexloveliberation.com and you can be a part of the Proof Podcast conversation on our IG page at Proof Podcast. Thanks for listening in and being part of this magic. See you next week when I'll be pulling out more proof of what's possible for women like you.